0: At Kroger, we believe fresh means holding our produce to a higher standard. That's why we do up to a 27-point inspection on our produce. Like for citrus, we check for things like scarring and sunburn. Yep, oranges can sunburn. And we'll make sure you never see it. In fact, we only allow the best oranges, lemons, and grapefruits to reach our shelves. Because when it comes to fresh for everyone, we believe the juice is worth the squeeze. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
1: Today, I've got a lot of things on my heart I want to share, some news and uh, some good news as well. Hopefully, you're going to find hope in today's program. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. It dawned on me the other day that at the end of this week, we will finish up 20 months of broadcasting this program. Truth to ponder. I can't believe we have gone this long. And when I started the program at the very end of August in 2020, I wondered if the program would last one month, two months, maybe three months at the most. I wasn't sure. But I knew, I knew deep in my heart that I had to do this program. For those of you that have listened from the beginning, this program was born out of a deep concern. I had seen firsthand, i seen firsthand how information had been manipulated within what I was doing in emergency management after I'd come out of retirement for a brief period of time. And I really felt that the rest of the story on so many fronts needed to be told. I've come to conclude there's not a whole lot of reliable media left, especially the larger corporate media, anything owned by, you know, the networks, primarily. Their agenda, besides money, seems to be one-sided political. And the agenda that they are pushing is one that I find dangerous to our society. There's just no doubt about it. I live... we are still Florida residences. We have a little place up in Georgia we'll be heading to this week. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm proud of our governor. I, I look at all the weird stuff being posted in social media about, oh, this is a terrible thing what they've done to Disney. No, it's a terrible thing what Disney has done to Disney. People are saying, well, you know, some taxpayers, I don't care about the money really don't I don't care about the money if that's your only concern and you don't care about the damage that some of these people we've we put them on this program you've heard it in their own voices what they think about how your children should be and I'll use the word groomed when you have this one gal we had her voice on the air just a few weeks ago Saying that she wants half of all Disney cartoon characters to either be transgender or same sex attracted. Now, what does that have to do with young children's cartoons? Why do they want to normalize something that may not be normal within that family, that is not normal to many people? There's an agenda. They want to get to your children younger and younger and younger. And the bill that was passed originally in Florida, signed by Governor DeSantis, in essence is protecting children in kindergarten, first, second, and third grade. That's the bill. And that bill just says we don't discuss sexual Material with kindergartners, first, second, and third graders. And beyond the third grade, whatever is discussed needs to be age appropriate. You have teachers that are quitting their jobs because they can't talk about sexual things to kindergartners. They're mad, they're angry, they're upset. What do you mean we can't talk about the fact that I'm married to... You know, some guy telling his class, I'm married to another man or a woman. You know, funny thing, I was thinking, I knew very little about the personal lives of the teachers that I had from kindergarten through the 12th grade. I just never really knew. I never paid attention. It was none of my business. Why do these things need to come into classrooms of young children is is beyond me. And now you have all this corporate wokeness. They just want that they're mad at Florida. How dare you not discuss these little things with our little children? Well, Disney will be paying a bit of a price. Their stock has gone down. Many people have canceled their reservations. I think Disney overestimated how many parents really are into what some of these executives firmly believe. In these large megabillion-dollar corporations, the ones that produce a lot of our music, the ones that produce our movies and entertainment, the ones that run our social media, they live in their own little bubble world. In other words, they're already living in their metaverse. As many of you know, Facebook changed their corporate name to Meta. And they're going to create the metaverse. Basically, in time, Facebook is going to be an an antique relic from the past. It's not going to be the thing anymore. Coming into a virtual reality is going to be the new world for most younger people. They're going to go to work wearing, you know, virtual reality glasses. They can work from home. Why, Why damage the planet? Stay at home. Stay in your little rabbit hutch. We'll give you all the food and we'll give you a cell phone and all and all the movies you can consume on a TV screen. And you'll work for us in a virtual reality, except those that actually have to do work. And you will own nothing and be happy. That that's the goal. Now I've been reading a lot of stories about that, and I and I saw an interesting commentary the other day that even even those that are pushing that agenda may be on the verge ...of getting a little pushback. Maybe not everybody in the world is quite ready to own nothing and give it all away to a world organization. Now, I'm a little disappointed over the weekend. It appears that uh, the French president, Macron, has succeeded in being re-elected in France, which, is, which tells me that France is in serious trouble... Here is a president of a nation that has done everything in his power to force vaccinate people. I mean, the requirements in France were very draconian in response to the pandemic. And it shows that when 58% of the people will vote for him to be their president again, tells me two things. They have moral bankruptcy and they live in fear. Those are the two motivators that would have you vote for, for Macron for president in France. And and it's the same it's the same with Justin Trudeau in Canada. The draconian measures and the shutdowns of churches and everything along with it. It speaks volumes that so many people are living in fear. And they have thrown all integrity and morality out the window. They don't care about any of that stuff anymore. There's a bunch of other news stories that I, I want to share with you today as well. There's currently a bit of a global sell-off that started in Asia. And it's sending you know China's markets plunging to the lowest level since May of 2020. And that slams the offshore yen value below 6.6 and sparking a liquidation in oil and cryptos amid fear that that Shanghai lockdown will spread to the capital of China and lead to even more greater slowdown in the global economy. Now, this is easy to understand. For 30 some odd years, we have been moving so much of our manufacturing and critical infrastructure items. For us in the United States and Canada, all over the world, we become dependent on China to be the dirty factory for all the stuff that we want. And now China is using COVID as an excuse for lockdown, and this is going to impact our global economy in a very, very negative way. Now, I've noticed... In the grocery store, I'm sure you have, too, that prices keep rising on food items. For anybody in the government to say, well, inflation's only 8.9% or some, some ridiculously low number, is to deny reality that you can see with your own two eyes. I mean, let's be honest about this. Groceries and gasoline are up more than just 8.9% in a little over a year. And no, it's not because we have a booming and wonderful economy. It's because we are tanking the United States dollar, number one, by printing too much of them. Now, you realize that the vast majority of dollars in circulation today, whether it's paper money or funny money or electronic money, came into being in the last few years. I tried to explain this to somebody the other day. Maybe maybe you understand it. I'm just going to put it in the most simplistic terms I can. Fifty years ago, this month of April, 50 years ago, I had started my first paid job at a little radio station in the community I lived in in upstate New York. I was a senior in high school 50 years ago. Top 40 radio station, well listened to. And I remember what I got paid. And to tell somebody, and it was, you know, more than most people my age were being paid in their entry-level jobs. I'd i already had a couple of jobs from the time that I had turned 16. One as a stock boy in a department store and the other as a uh, help clean up and stock in the afternoon at an electric wholesaler where electricians came in to buy wire and outlets and breakers and fuses and what have you. And my job was to return stock to the shelves that was not used, help fill boxes for electricians for the next day and then sweep the floors and go home. And from there, I got the job at the radio station to be on the air. Now, I will tell you in small market radio, I was paid a whopping $2 an hour. $2 an hour. And I'm a wet behind the ears, not really all that great, needed more experience radio announcer. And I played top 40 music on the weekends. Eventually, I got a little bit better and I got afternoon drive and I got a 25 cent an hour raise. Wow. And so I'm making $2 and twenty five cents an hour. Most people my age are making a buck sixty five an hour. I'm making two twenty five. Now what would that be in today's dollars? So in today's dollars, what would my two dollars twenty five cents per hour in nineteen seventy two be worth? It'd be worth fifteen dollars and fifty cents an hour. I mean with inflation, that's what it would be worth. Today, here in Florida, and I'm sure in many parts of the nation, you will find gasoline prices are sitting around $4 and more a gallon. Some places a little less, and some places even a lot more. Back when I was driving a car, 1972, gas was around $0.30 or something a gallon. So that is a tenfold increase just in gasoline. Food and other things, and with inflation, Really, if you, you have to accommodate the new inflationary mess we have right now where the money we have is going down. I, I feel it myself personally. My wife and I, we have to look at the bills we have to pay. We are semi-retired. This radio program is not my job. I do this because God laid this on my heart to do this, and the money raised is used to keep us on the air. And so I, I can understand that many people that are listening to this program that have supported it, it's not quite as easy as it was six months ago or a year ago. And I can see it. I can feel it. And I, I feel what you're going through. But I thank all of you that have continued to keep us, keep us on the air. There are a lot of things happening in this world today. And I, I'm deeply, deeply, deeply concerned there have been some recent reports that you know you don't see them on the news, and I'm surprised you don't see it on so-called conservative news outlets either, as much as I think there should be. There's been a disturbing pattern of late, of problems with our food supply chain, and there's been a, more than a dozen food plants in the United States that have had all kinds of Problems like fires, explosions. Now, I never heard much about food processing plants being in a state of major problems. But out of nowhere this year, we've had, well, a catastrophe after catastrophe. Now you have China, the war in Ukraine, where about a third of the world's grain comes from. All that is now up in the air. We have a energy crisis. There's some stories out there that are legit. There are railroad companies that are not planning to be moving a whole lot of fertilizer this year. And in talking with one of the listeners to this program that is out in the farm belt, the cost of fertilizer is about three times higher than it was a year ago. So what I'm concerned about is come the summer, come the fall, we're going to be seeing some real uh, issues at the grocery store. If you have any dirt you can plant something on, I would be advising you to do it. The state of Georgia, where we're heading to this week, as 20, here's the story, as 20 food processing facilities have burned down over the past five months. Now, who's burning them down? I've just never heard about this kind of stuff before. And now state governments like Georgia are warning people about a coming food supply chain shortage. The state of Georgia has actually declared an emergency, which is just another opportunity to squash your liberties over the supply chain. I mean, this is... This has gotten so bad that apparently in Georgia, the governor has had to declare the state under an emergency. I have to wonder at times, as I've said before, about Governor Brian Kemp. He's someone that I frankly just do not trust. I just don't trust him. He's one of those sheeps, you know, one of those wolves in sheep clothing he allowed the election i believe in george if you look at the numbers and i watch the video i've seen so much material that the mainstream media ignores and they the big well, they don't want the truth to be out and we're also seeing unfortunately because of i'm seeing this more and more a little story here about a 39 year old massachusetts police officer suddenly passes away while playing hockey and three active-duty cops die within 10 days, something you just didn't see before. What do they all have in common? Hmm, They're required to be vaccinated. And as I look and I look and I look at these unexplained deaths around the country and around the world among those that are vaccinated, and the numbers are now showing something that is alarming to me, it seems that if you are vaccinated, your odds of getting COVID are now three times higher, not three times lower, than the unvaccinated. Your chance of being in the hospital are more than doubled, and your chance of dying is also tripled. So, why are they still mandating it? Story last week about a pilot pulling his jet to, you know, up to the gate, suffers a heart attack in the cockpit. It could have happened a few minutes before when they were landing. And what's his injury? Hmm. His lawyer says vaccine related. He didn't want the vaccine, but to keep his job and feed his family, he had to go through with it. How many people will have to, well, how many people will have to die and of these unexplained deaths before it catches up to us that there's something wrong? And why is there this desire in so many parts of the country and world to vaccinate little children even at six months of age? even at six months of age with this stuff. You know, I'm looking, and to show you how bankrupt we are in this country, two states, Maryland, Colorado, have bills pending that would allow babies to be killed by abortion 28 days after they are born. Let me say that again. Legislation proposed in Maryland allows for newborn babies to die. A Democrat Maryland state senator has proposed a bill that would allow babies to be killed within the first 28 days after birth. It's Senate Bill 669, known as the Pregnant Person. Notice we're not saying mothers anymore. Pregnant Person Freedom Act of 2022. I mean, what is wrong? And you, it's it's bad enough they're saying person, but now you know a newborn baby. Oh, we can kill it. And the same, uh, this bill, by the way, in Colorado, the law has been signed into law. It's not a joke. It's not satire. It is real. Our world is facing a complete collapse. Even Canada. Even Canada is discussing the idea of, shall we say, medical murder of the mentally ill. This is something that is coming about in their parliament. This is what is being discussed. This is the kind of stuff going on in our world today. Now, I've got a couple of other things that I want to do in the first segment of this program and i made some promises to myself to get a couple of things done on this first part yeah all that news sounds terrible like somebody wrote i don't want to live in a society where assisted suicide is considered a life ritual i mean this is this is where we're coming life and i've heard it before life has been cheapened for so many years and decades and we have altered what life should be. We are living in a time that the Bible says, well, we know the spirit of Antichrist has always been here. This is nothing new. But we're living in a time that it's being ramped up in ways that I I never would have believed 20 years ago I'd be seeing in my lifetime. Hey, let's go back. Two years ago, pandemic. We all thought, at least I did, when I first got that phone call to come out of retirement to help in emergency management, I thought we were dealing with a real, you know, issue. And nobody seemed to know how long it's going to last. Most of us are thinking like a bad flu season. Then they started throwing out these horrific numbers and then 15 days to flatten the curve. And you all know the rest of it, where it all went. Didn't work out as they all said it would, did it? Two years later, people, you know, are still living in abject fear, wearing, you know, the face mask even by themselves in a car. They have been so they have been so brutalized by the news, the media and propaganda and just, you know, that somehow a face mask is going to prevent a virus. And there's not one legitimate study anywhere in the world even even prove that. I think of churches that just never have never really recovered or understood what all of this meant. The secular government took priority over God, something that St. Peter says should never, have, should never happen. Now, in a little bit, I'm going to be sharing some thoughts that God has laid on my heart as we look toward the future. But before this segment ends, there's something else that I really want to discuss for just a couple of minutes. It's, it's, my heart has been heavy for a number of days, as many of you know. Last week on Tuesday, last Tuesday, as I finished recording the Tuesday radio program, I, I had a text message from a fellow clergyman that one of our, our clergymen had been hit by a car. Or a truck. I didn't get the whole story at the time. And he had been life lighted to a hospital, and nobody knew anything. And as the next day and a half progressed, it became obvious that uh, this was not going to end well. And he passed away this past Thursday. And there'll be a funeral coming up shortly. And on on the same Tuesday, another one of my clergy friends, this one in North Carolina, Whose son had gone through a real health scare a year ago, that put a lot of pressure on his brain. This was a some kind of a neurological disorder. No, there were no drugs or alcohol or anything bad. It was just it just happened, and and he recovered so wonderfully, miraculously. When doctors said he would never live, and I I was watching a video of him just a couple of weeks ago. He and his dad. He's nineteen, talking about what a journey it's been. And on Tuesday, out of nowhere, this that young son died of a heart attack at 19. And you can imagine mom and dad are devastated. And I know a lot of you have been praying for them in this process. And for those two friends. But you know, a lot of us, all of us, will experience loss at one time or another. Parents maybe grandparents, as you get older, siblings, spouse, and and you pray it's never one of your children, though it can happen in a tragic accident, and I think that there's going to be a lot of these tragedies, sadly, in the years to come, with a lot of our college students that have been forced to take on an experiment that may backfire on them. Time will tell. I learned loss at a younger age than most husbands I was not quite 50 when I lost my first wife to cancer so I understand life is not fair and yeah I was angry at God I really was and it took a while for my heart to heal I know many of you go through the same thing or have gone through the same thing or will go through the same thing so an interesting item, I, I belong to a couple of unique groups on Facebook, you know, in terms of hobby and, and what have you. And it, I may have, I've been a broadcast engineer since the 1970s and a few years ago, finally took my exam to get my ham radio license. And I plan to do a lot more with it in the days, weeks and months ahead. And somebody made a post in, um, in one of the ham radio groups about a, a man that had apparently had lost his wife. His name is Alan Kemp. And I say all this with permission, by the way. And apparently, and I don't know exactly when, he lost his beloved wife, LaVon. And uh, he writes, she was a beautiful soul and she served the Lord. And deep inside, he just wanted the world to know her name. And I know that he wanted a lot of ham radio operators, the type that have their, you know their general and extra that can broadcast in the HF bands where the shortwave radio band is, by the way too. He just wanted her name to make it around the world on the airwaves. And her name is Levon Kemp. And I, I took a look at the Facebook page. That she had and he had, and and it it, it kind of tells a story. And, and so, my prayers, my condolences, and, and our our Christian understanding go with our brother in Christ, Alan Kemp, and we think of his beautiful wife, Levon. You know, I was thinking as I was trying to get this program ready to go and and putting the notes out of the things I wanted to discuss today. When I got to this point in the program, what would be something encouraging to share? Now, I spent the first part of this program talking about all this bad news, and then I'm coming to the end of this segment talking about people that have passed away. In spite of it all, you want to know what the good news is? This world, this world, world is not our home and the day will come for those in Christ that we will finally be at our real home
2: I awoke today and my eyes beheld a place where I've never been yet it seems as though I already know This light I'm standing in And I feel young again As I see old friends and I know to praise His name with what looks like mid- And I finally understand his amazing grace.
1: troubles in this world. What exciting news to know that this is not our home. This is not the end. This is not all of what we are going to be dealing with. And for that individual who recently lost his precious wife, Levon, she's home. And the day will come as you as a believer will be home with her and all those that have died in Christ. It's the best news that I can share. 1 John chapter 3, beginning at verse number 2. Behold, now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope, in him purifieth himself. And he is pure. We live in a very unpure world. You know it and I know it. This is not the same world that I grew up in. And I've been watching it gradually spiral out of control for the past 50 years. Didn't see it at first, just a little bit here and there. It's like I've said a thousand times that I've been voting for 50 years and you'd think we'd have it fixed by now. But we keep saying... We'll fix it at the next election. The enemy of our soul, the spirit of Antichrist, in my lifetime has been taking two and three steps forward. We're lucky to get one step back and we declare that a victory. People have fallen away from the faith. They don't care. I remember discussing church growth with somebody not long ago. And I said, the problem is the mentality of many churches that are dying is they used to just have, you know, parents bring their children and the children stayed and they bought their children. That doesn't happen anymore. That cycle has been broken. And so many churches, I see church buildings for sale because the congregation's gotten too old and young people don't care. If they do any kind of church, maybe it's some kind of virtual nonsense. Forsaking not the assembling of thyselves, which is the manner of some. You've heard that before. But even more as we see the day approaching, we need to gather together. And I'm going to be talking about that on the other side of the break. There's some things that need to be discussed. We could deal with bad news all day, but how does that benefit what we need to be doing? We don't need to be in fear. And the Bible says, fear not, 365 times. Listen, if you believe in the work that we're doing here and can help us financially to pay for radio airtime, would you consider making a gift payable to Ancient Word Radio? Ancient Word Radio. Our mailing address, Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. 5753 Highway 85 North. Secure box number is number 3248. Number 3248. City is Crestview, Crestview, Florida. Zip code is 32536, 32536. More information at our website, which is truth2ponder.com. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. The Now Heaven coming
0: up. Shalom Alechem, This is the nice Jewish boy Jonathan Kahn Your Jewish connection Bringing you the riches Of your Jewish roots in Jesus Now get your pen out As fast as you can So you don't miss out On receiving a special free gift You're going to get And love in a moment Now the word for heaven In Hebrew is Shemayim It has Im at the end Which is always plural It's a special form though in heaven, the word heaven, which means specifically two. Shemayim means two heavens, not just heaven. It means two heavens. So in Hebrew, you never have just heaven. You always have two heavens. Well, let me show you what that means for you. We think of heaven as that which comes after this life is over. Heaven is for then. It's not yet, but it will be. Well, in one sense, yes, but heaven is what happens then. Not ex- It's not the whole story. That's just one heaven. But heaven is Shemayim. That means there's never just one heaven, but always. So there has to be another heaven. If one is then or one's coming after, well, then the other heaven is now. See, if it's not then, it has to be now. So there's a heaven now. You see, heaven can't just be the place you go to after this life. It's got to be the place you live now. Also, see, for the child of God, heaven is not just something to happen in the future. That's fine, but it's more than that. It's what we live in now. We already have been born from above. We're already seated in the heavenlies. It's not just about getting into heaven. It's about letting heaven get into you into your life. If heaven were only heaven, then you could never know it till you die, but heaven is shamayim. That means there's more than one. Don't wait until you die to start living in heaven. Heaven's not just heaven. It's shamayim. That means there is this other heaven. Discover the secret of it, the mystery of it. Start dwelling in it right now in the secret place. It's right now. Don't wait until you're dead to start living it. Heaven is too important to not live now. Want more, ask for Shemayim, the mystery of heaven. Now, what if you could receive daily vitamins guaranteed to help strengthen your spiritual walk with God? Well, you can with Sapphire's daily spiritual vitamins for victorious walk and updates on Israel and prophecy and the incredible mystery of the temple doors. It's your free gift. How do you get it? Easy. Just remember Jesus's real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 to receive your free gifts. And you will be blessed, but call now 1-800-Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Now you can actually spread salvation around the world for very little through shortwave radio from the Arctic Circle to Israel. It's amazing. It's like sending a billion tracks around the world. It's awesome. It's the farthest way you can ever spread the gospel and touch the world. Be part. How to be part? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. You can write me direct. Here's how. Just right to the Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, Shalom Aleichem, peace be to you, my friend. Dwell in heaven, in Messiah Adon Hashemayim, the Lord of heaven.
1: This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. As we get into this segment, I've got a few things that I want to share from my heart to yours. As I look at these turbulent times that are ahead. Now, we could use your prayers. We're getting ready to get things settled here in florida and start making our way toward georgia this week and hopefully get things set up and be back doing radio programs in georgia very very soon by next week and so right now we're packing trying to figure how to get all of our things that we need to take with us for the time being and our two little dogs to make the the journey. Now I'm not as young as I used to be. I can remember I was thinking back in the late 1980s I used to get in the car being a broadcast engineer and drive all night to some place in the middle of nowhere, maybe from Georgia to Arkansas, maybe down to Louisiana, Pennsylvania. Thought nothing of it. Even in the 1990s same thing. I just get in the car and I could drive, but as I've gotten a little bit older yeah, it's not quite as easy. So would you keep us in your prayers as we get ready to make this journey heading to Georgia? And I would appreciate it more than you would ever know. Uh, it's just not an easy time. And I mean, I'm going to enjoy being up there. Sure. And I enjoy producing the radio program from there. And but there's more than just, quote, enjoying the view. There's a lot more this trip than ever before in terms of the ministry that God has just laid upon our heart. We're coming into a really strange time, and I've said this before, a time that is unprecedented here in the United States. I mean, there is evil. Look, I've thought about this, and maybe you'll agree, maybe you don't, but if you go back a little over 100 years ago, now... Now, granted, the idea of a one-world government and all these societies that want to rule everything, that has been a temptation for many powerful people over the centuries. But today, they have the ability of actually pulling it off for the first time. And they're fighting diligently. And I said many a time on this program, evil will wait centuries to get its job done. Too many Christians want everything instantly done today. They don't look down the road the work that they're doing today. They want instant gratification, instant this. It's like the microwave oven, those endless seconds waiting for something to heat up. We we don't have the time. We want it now. And if we don't get it now, we'll go someplace where it is. It's been a problem for a long time. But evil has been methodically working its way. And as I said in the first segment of the program, evil has been taking one, one and a half steps forward, and we we get that one step back. That's how we've been pushing back probably in the first half of the 20th century. But that started to change. When Woodrow Wilson became the president of the United States, whether he understood it or not, whether he believed it or not, whether he saw it or not, whether he was deceived, I don't care. But he set into motion a couple of things that would exponentially grow a federal government capable of being very corrupt. He took the voice of the states away with the direct election of senators instead of being appointed by the state legislatures as the Constitution had put together. The whole idea of the Senate was not to be a voted office, like a higher office, no. They were to be the representatives of the state governments here in the United States. In other words, the state of New York chose two senators. The state of South Carolina chooses two senators, and that's just the way that it is. That's just the way that it is. And so, and so we we have this situation. What, like I say in. In, a place, in this country now where there's direct elections. So out-of-state money begins to influence the Senate. In other words, a senator from the state of, let's say, I don't know, just choose a state. Be a lot of out-of-state money, like there was in Georgia, you know, back in 2020, the runoff elections and the election in 2020. A lot of money from people that had nothing to do with the state of Georgia. And so that allowed the federal government to become more federalized and to seek more power for itself. And then the income tax becomes a way to fund all of this. And in typical government fashion, it was sold as a lie. I did some reading on this. When the idea was sold to the the people of the United States way back during Woodrow Wilson's time, and, of course, the Federal Reserve, taking away the power of our own printing press for money and giving it to a bank. It's not even, you know, the, the Federal Reserve is about as federal as Federal Express, if you want the real truth. And so what happened here in the United States? So you have the income tax, and here's how they sold it. Now, you got to remember, if you go back, oh, I don't know. If you go back to, let's say, you know, let's go back to like 1913. People back in 1913 didn't make a whole lot of money. In fact, you know, good income, average income might be about $25, $20 a week. And you could pay all your bills on $20 a week. It's like $800 today, just about. It's like making eight and a forty-some odd thousand dollars a year. That's twenty-some odd dollars a week. So put that in perspective. They came out and said, "Here's what the government needs to do to do better uh, in defending ourselves." Whatever they were trying to sell at the time. You know, we have a lot of these millionaires, people that have these million-dollar portfolios, like the Rockefellers, the Vanderbilts, and down the list it goes. And all we want to do to help the federal government help you is to have a one percent income tax on all incomes over one hundred thousand dollars. So, if you make, oh, let's say uh, you know four thousand dollars a year, well, you'd have to make another ninety six thousand dollars before you be eligible to pay a 1% income tax. Now, to put this into perspective, the equivalent of somebody making $100,000 today would have been like somebody making about $6,000 back in, you know, early 1900s. But most people lived at half or less or a fraction thereof of that amount. Rural folk, even less, because they could grow a lot of their own food and do a lot of their own manufacturing right on the farm. So it was not really an issue for them. And, and so to have money to buy some, you know, fabric to make dresses, it was a different world. And so nobody in America, you know, if you're living in New York City and you're, you know, $5 a week room or, or $3 a week room or 50 cent. you I know, remember that. Remember that song, you know. Uh, trailers for sale or rent, rooms to rent, 50 cent, you know. I mean, those days are gone. And so the average American would say, well, yeah, the guy with $100,000, and it's only the income above a hundred. Like if you made 100000 and, you know, $500, you'd only be paying $5 in income tax, 1% of the 500 above the 100000 And so it it seemed really a great idea. I mean the Rockefeller's can afford it and, and we, we look at all the wonderful things that we can do to make our country a better place and it and it won't hurt anybody and the and everybody the, the average american will never be a part of it it only took about a decade and 100,000 became 90,000 became 70 became 50,000 and then became about $1,000 or less and in a in just 10-15 years everybody dreaded March the 15th, it became April later, but March the 15th was income tax day. And all of a sudden, everybody had to file. That's not what we were told, we were lied to. That control of money, that control of our health, that control of so many aspects of our lives, we have federal agencies that our founding fathers in this country, the United States, would never have believed would come into being, but they have. And now we have draconian governors and mayors that are the most ungodly of people. They hate and despise Christ, or they have a phony Jesus they believe in. They're very deceived. And they think nothing about shutting down churches because of a virus. You know, We, we fear a virus, not God. We fear the virus. And this has been an issue of mine since the beginning of this program. And there's something else. I want to share this also. I, from This is from 1 John chapter 4. I shared something from 1 John chapter 3. But I want you to understand this. 1 John chapter 4. Beloved, believe not every spirit and try the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Man, they're out there. And they're on radio. They're on television. They're they're fleecing the flock. They're they're she, They're they're wolves in sheep's clothing. They're dishonest. They they talk about doing this, and then they do something totally different. They never tell you. And so there are a lot of lot of people out there, and they they, they worry me. We live in a time of deception. The church is under attack. And I don't think the church, so much of it, is ill prepared. Again, you know, let's go back to the pandemic for just a moment, and I want you to think through this with me. In March of 2020, we're taking two weeks to flatten the curve, and a lot of people stayed home from church. They shut the churches down. We thought, okay, we'll be back by Easter. You know, we'll 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 get through this. Two weeks became three, became five, became ten, became 52. You know, it, it just never ended in some places. Many churches shut their doors for good. Now in some cases that was not a bad thing, especially if they're heretical churches preaching another abominable gospel that is not the gospel. I have no problem with that. Good riddance. May they all be closed of those of that type. But even true believers were caught unprepared. They were not ready for such a time as this. Uh, too many people are thinking that, well, when the bad times come, we get out of here. Well, that may be true someday. I don't necessarily agree with all of that. But history does teach, and you'll have to just look back. Hindsight is twenty-twenty. The church has always gone through times of dreaded tribulation in the first century the second the third you can go back to periods of time and places all over the world where the church has been under oppression where being a believer could cost you your life in the third century in particular there are a lot of people that did a lot of writing in the third century and his name escapes me now of all things i guess that's the curse of being a little bit older. But there was this one, this one young clergyman, and he was just very upset that he'd never been martyred yet for the faith. He hadn't died yet. Nobody had come after to kill him. He felt that he was an unworthy Christian because he was alive. The Americanized church has become the church of the lazy, the church of the comfort uh, chair, the, the church of the light show, the church... Of the uh, of the concert whatever there's too much of that. we go to churches too often today to be entertained and not to be spirit filled not to be given God's word not to give our praise unto God but to, the worst thing i've ever I've ever heard anybody say I went to church today and I got nothing out of it well what did you put into it? You don't go to church to get something for nothing. You don't go to church to make you feel good about yourself and to feel better about yourself. That's not what it's there for. You go to church to worship in spirit and in truth. The church was unprepared. Many many so-called conservative churches were highly unprepared. They didn't know what to do, and they still don't know what to do. Oh, they're back meeting again now, maybe a little smaller than before. But what's going to happen the next time the next virus, the next, the next crisis hits? How will the church get through? We as Christians need to be developing community. And that's one of the things that has just really been on my heart and my mind for months. And part of our trip heading north is to really pray that out. Do some due diligence and 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 determine the many, many ways that we can have community. Now I'm not talking about a compound or something like that I, I i'm not I'm not into that. That's not what I would ever do. But how do we stay in regions where we can still be connected to each other in little communities? And you know when somebody has a need, we share that need. If somebody has a talent, we share that talent. Whether we're in in some town in Georgia or some town in Kansas, you know, how do we work together? The cities are going to become increasingly more difficult, though many will be called to stay there. I'm really looking at how we do this. Now, the Internet is a wonderful thing. I get to do this radio program. It gets to be heard as a podcast. It's a marvelous thing. And a lot of people listen. You know they're listening at, at you know iTunes and all kind of places Google they're listening at Spreaker I I can't even keep track uh, Spotify you know all these places are picking up the the, the podcast but you know and I know the day's going to come when they're going to shut down that door one by one I will have said something that will offend somebody and I'll be told I can't say that or do that and I have to change and they're going to start deleting episodes. And before you know it, you're deplatformed one by one. Now, I'm on a Christian site, and, and I, I realize even it could be eventually attacked. That's why I keep this program on shortwave radio. There's a real purpose in being on shortwave. A lot of domestic AM and FM stations would be, be scared to carry this program. Not all, but some. And so we use the high-frequency HF bands, and we cover the United States, most of Canada, even out to Hawaii in Australia on WRMI. And from California on KVOH, we hit back into the southwestern United States and out to the Caribbean. And hopefully I can add more airtime to get this thing on a regular basis into Australia and other English-speaking countries. But I also want to build community. It's something we're going to have to do. I want to use this radio program and the work that my wife and I will be getting ourselves into. I I just feel like I told somebody in, in a message this morning, my heart says there's one more church for me to build, one more Christian community to create, and many more souls to reach before I'm done. God grants me the time and the health. We never know. Like I told you, my good friend, just last week, last Tuesday, taking his morning walk. He's younger than I am in great health. Nothing wrong with him. And and he accidentally stepped off the curb, thinking that the coast was clear, and stepped into a pickup truck, making a legitimate turn, and was hit, not at a high rate of speed, but knocked over and hit his head, and... He is now with his Lord. We have no guarantees. We know not the hour of our being called home. But I want to work as that old song goes, till Jesus comes. I remember another one, who will go and work today. Maybe I'll share that next week as we get into more of this topic. I'm really working hard on it. And I believe I need your prayers as we go to the next chapter in the work that God has given the ministry of truth to ponder. And I wish you would be a partner with me to make sure we can continue. If you would, would you consider, I know it's not a good economic time, but would you consider writing a check to Ancient Word Radio? That's Ancient Word Radio. The mailing address is Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. 5753 Highway 85 North. Secure box number is 3248 3248 and we are in Crestview. One word, Crestview, Florida, 32536. That's zip code 32536. And you can also support us from our website, truth2ponder.com. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two ponder.com truth to
0: ponder shining the light of truth in a darkening world great news for a limited time you can get one month free of spectrum mobile service that's right one month free with any new line this exclusive offer is only available at select spectrum stores so stop by today our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill don't miss out on this incredible offer Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details.